This class is the will of God. I think this is really an important class because you can't do anything without a plan. If you don't understand the plan, you're going to be confused. You ever worked on a job and you didn't understand what the plan was? It's frustrating, isn't it? <laughs> frustrating when you don't know what the plan is. So God has a plan. And everything that's happening now is according to his plan. And so he has a will, and we're going to explore in this class what is God's will? What did it originate from? What is he doing? And how do we fit into it? And that's really important to know. And so if you understand that, it really helps you to bring your mind um, back to what God says as you look at the events of the world. You got, always got to keep bringing your mind back to what is true. And we see that God is operating all things after the counsel down from his desirous will. So God has, in, in the past, we're going to see that he had a council. And in the council, it's different from the council, you see. So there was a council of people that met, the three members of the Godhead. And this is why it's, it's really not accurate to say in eternity past, God created man because in eternity past, God was lonely. I don't think that people really understand that there were other members of the God here. He was not lonely, or they weren't lonely, and that's not why they created man. But there was a plan that God looked at in time. What would the three members of the Godhead allow to happen in time? And so nothing is happening when you understand this, that from this they chose to do the Father's will. Each one of them had a desire we can choose to go with the Father's plan. Now, why did they choose to go with the Father's plan? We're not told. You'll see that everything comes back to the Father. It's his will for what happens in time. And so everything that is happening, uh, the Son made it possible, and the Holy Spirit is involved in carrying it out as well. And each one of the members of the Godhead are actively involved and what is working out in time. So these things are so important to know. And so even right down to where we are today, there is nothing that is happening that wasn't already discussed here. Not one single solitary thing. From you personally to the events of the world, everything has already been discussed. So there's not anything that you can wake up that the, God just wakes up one morning and says, oh, what's going on down there? <laughs> I'm not sad. <laughs> let, me, let me hurry up and try to get this together. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't happen. There is not one thing that has not already been vetted that he did not know would happen. Some of them that he planned would happen. And so you'll see that we'll, we'll see what we do it, that he's even intricately allowed for several different things he has determined going to happen. There are certain things he's determined is going to happen, and no one is going to stop those things. Not one single solitary person. There are things that he desires to happen, that he would want you to be involved in, and then there's things that he allows to happen. And in between his determinations and his desires are what he allows, and he allows for the failure of men and the decision-making of men, so that you're not a robot wound up to do what he tells you to do 
And so there's flexibility in the decree, and we're going to see that in terms of what God allows and what he's allowing to uh, happen in time. And so let's just look at the test. And that, the test, hopefully, is an overview of all of the things that we're going to talk about. We're not going to get into it tonight. We'll get into, I'm going to pass your booklets out next week, and we'll get into um, the text next week. Uh, we want to just give an introduction here, starting with the test. And what we try to do again with the pretest for you who are not familiar, is we're just testing your knowledge of what you know about the subject matter. And the hope is not to reveal what you don't know, but to reveal how much learning there is to, to be had. <laughs> and hopefully by the end, we'll give the same test. And at the end of the class, you'll be able to see there's been progress made. And if not, you can blame it on the teacher. <laughs> and so our first, um, we have multiple choice on the test. And again, for those who are online, if you want to take the test, it's on gracebiblechurch.com website. So the multiple choice is the decree is, number one, the decree is D. Yeah, the decree is the result of a council of the three members of the Godhead. Now, you're going to see two things that are mentioned about council. You have council, C-O-U-N-C-I-L, like the Titusville City Council, which much of nothing of consequence is talked about. <laughs> then you have the council, C-O-U-N-S-E-L. And those are the determinations that came from the council, you see. So you had these three that met in council, and then there are decisions that were made in the council that uh, we're going to see um, where um, uh, came about or conclusions that were drawn as to what would happen. Council is defined as A, a group of two or more individuals uh, to uh, gather together, I would say, to make plans. Uh, three, God's will is, that's A, it's a result of the decree. It's a result of the decree. And so he starts with his desire's will, and then from his desire's will, we're going to see that there's multiple things that come from that. There are certain determinations that he made. There are certain things that he desires to happen uh, as well. Uh, four, God's purpose describes... C, the aim of God's counsel. And so there's a purpose for what God is doing. And I want you to know um, today what God desires is his glory. That's the chief purpose of God's desires. And if you understand that, and, and he does things for his pleasure. So people have made it human-centric that God wants everything for me. That's why a lot of people are disappointed with life. God is doing everything for, for you, and it's not. I will show you that most of everything that God is doing is for his glory, for his pleasure. I'm sorry. Wish I had better stuff to boost your self-esteem. <laughs> but that's, it's not about you. It's not about me. We're just, um, I'm happy to be a part of the program. God's, um, um, God is currently energizing all things according to yeah, the council came down from his desires. True or false? We have 10 of them here. Number one, believers were chosen as a result of God's foreknowledge. True or false? False. And this 
is a constant refrain of people within Christendom. They believe that God looked down the corridors of time and then he looked to see who would choose him. And then he chose them. Well, he doesn't have much power if that's the case. Well, it's all dependent upon you. Well, what if you decide differently? <laughs> well, you can see, I hate to tell you, but even that wasn't really in your hands. That he chose you even before, way back here is when you were chosen. Were you back there? If you were, I mean, if you were back there, maybe that has uh, merit, but it, I mean, it wasn't. We'll see. And a lot of people hate that. They just hate that. They hate that truth. And I don't understand why. It's just perplexing to me why people despise the fact that God chose an eternity past and that it's not based upon you. I mean, but a lot of uh, fights have ensued in Christendom over this point. I think it's a great thing because, you know, because he chose me back here. That means I can't lose it. And so notice um, number three, the elect is like the unsaved before salvation. Oh, two. Predestination and election are the same activity in Scripture. You, wait, wait, wait a minute. You said you didn't get it. Are you writing these down? <laughs> okay. Predestination. <laughs> Predestination. <laughs> Predestination and election are the same activity in, in Scripture. That's false. Another misnomer that you see a lot of reformed people believe that predestination and election are synonymous. You'll hear them say predestination and they mean election with it. And they think it's, it's synonymous. And so God chose, and then from those God chose, he predestinated. See? So choosing is one thing, predestination is a something totally different. So when he predestinates, that means he's marking off the boundaries of your life. And why does he do that? In marking off the boundaries of your life, he's, he's um, marking off the limitations of all the things and circumstances that he will allow to happen in your life. So there's not one thing that's going to happen in your life that has not been accounted for. That's really why the believer can give thanks for everything and in everything. Because there's nothing's going to happen to you that God's not in control of. <laughs> and so you see... Uh, number three, the uh, elect is like the unsaved before salvation. True. And so even though God chose us in eternity past, before he called us, we were just like the rest of the unsaved. <laughs> That's an interesting thing. Um, number five, the believer can ask anything according to God's will. Oh, okay. Number four, okay, I'm just, I'm just testing you. Number four, election occurred before birth. True. True. So here's how it, and we'll show you a chart concerning this. Here you are. God chose you over here in eternity past, and though he chose you, he's still in time to call you. So before he called you, you were doing whatever you were doing. And then the Holy Spirit tapped you on the shoulder and said, hey, check this out. And you said, whoa, why have you never seen that before? And if you understand this, then you will have a biblical 
correct biblical understanding of evangelism. You know, you have these people today, and I, and I see it, uh, who think that we got to reach all of these people groups, and the kingdom won't come until we get we reach all of these people groups, and they, they. So a lot of that is really convoluted, but there is not one person that God has chosen who is not going to be reached. Not one. Not one single solitary person. And so notice the. Um, okay, we are at five, right? Yes. Okay, I got to ask now. The believer can ask anything according to God's will, true or false. This is just the most amazing scripture to me. So if we can ask anything according to God's will, which he says in 1 John 5, 14, and notice the rest of what he says in that scripture, that you can ask anything according to God's will. So now imagine this is a standard of what God's will is for your individual life. If you ask anything according to his will for your life, we're going to see that you have the confidence of knowing that he hears you. And not only does he hear you, but you have the thing that you ask for. So why are people, believers, so miserable in this life? You know what's happening? Here's God's will. Here's my will. I keep asking according to my will, and he ain't listening. And I get frustrated. And all of a sudden, I want to kick the door down. I try to pry it open. I beg God, do this! He's paying no attention to it. He's looking for this. And I talk to people who say prayer don't work. Prayer outside of the will of God doesn't work. That's the fact. And that's what's happening most of the time is that believers get frustrated because they're trying to do what they want. And it's inconsistent with what God desires. Number six, believers can put together the will of God. True. And so in Ephesians 5.17, you'll find this, and we'll look at it, that uh, Paul encourages the Ephesians to be putting together what the will of the Lord is. And that word for put together is that it has the idea of soon, which is together, and idos, knowledge. That there's knowledge that you, as you are discerning God's will, you can say, oh, this, must, this is the way that the Holy Spirit's leading here, or this is where God's, this is the direction of God's will. Uh, for example, in coming here, when we came here to visit and uh, we um, talked to the people in the church here, and uh, we didn't know whether it was God's will. We talked to the people, saw that there were believers here, and gathered some information, and then from gathering that information, we thought as we prayed about it, yeah, this is what God is doing. This is the way. Uh, and so you, you'll find yourself doing that, that there is information sometimes you have to have to be able to discern what God's will is. And so then you're able to put together that information to be able to come to a conclusion about what God's will is. Christ came for the purpose of preaching his own will. False. So we have several scriptures in the Gospel of John where he says, I came not to do my will. And this is interesting. We're going to look at this. And he has, you don't see it in the English, but he said it's the word fellow. I didn't I desire his will. So it shows that he had a will. But I didn't come to do my desirous will. I came to do the desirous will of him who sent me. He says this about four or five times in the Gospels. 
that he says that. And we'll see it. And so we keep, keep pointing back to the fact that it's the Father's will that is in operation today. Uh, discerning the will of God involves offering one's body a living sacrifice. That is true. And so it's hard to understand God's will for your life if you do not offer your body a living sacrifice. And so a lot of, and what does that mean? It's Romans 12. Uh, if I don't say to God, if, you know, what happens with a lot of believers, and again, this is consistent with the whole thing of communication. A lot of believers have their will, and then it's God's will. And so they won't give up. And so they keep striving according to their will. And, uh, and you see believers like this, right? And so they keep wanting to do their will. But until the believer is spiritual and he offers his body a living sacrifice, and basically what you're saying at that is, okay, God, whatever you want, whatever you want from me, whatever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I'm yours. I don't have a dog in the fight. But the problem with most believers is they have a dog in the fight. They have their will and they won't let it go. And it's, and it's hard then to discern God's will because this is my will. And so what happens most of the time, people are trying to take their will and make it God's will. And God won't accept it. And a lot of believers get frustrated. They get frustrated with God. And they get angry with God. Because he will not be moved from his will over my will. And so um, the, the, the best way to do it uh, and have a promise from Scripture that if we um, offer our bodies a living sacrifice, then you will be able to see and put to the test what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Number nine, evil was made by God in the decree. False. But what we're going to see is God allowed for evil. So in eternity past, this is one of the discussions that came up. What will happen in time? So uh, somebody at work, an unsaved guy, asked me once. He says, well, if God is so great, then why is all this stuff going on in the world that's going on today? And I really felt led to say to him this. Uh, if it weren't going on, you wouldn't have a choice. But don't you have a choice now? And in order to allow for a choice, there has to be an allowance for evil. God did not author evil, but he did allow it to happen. Uh, we'll see how that happened. We take the fall of man. Number 10, the Father's will is the focus of the decree. True. I just told you that several times. <laughs> Fill in the blank. Um, uh, number one, blank is identified as the will of God for believers in this dispensation. Sanctification. So how do I know the desirous will of God? So here's what we're going to find is that there is this understanding the will of God that is not in Scripture. And then you see there are certain things that are defined in Scripture as the will of God. I won't know how to do those things outside of Scripture that are not seen as the will of God until I'm doing those things that God has revealed are his will. So here you have sanctification. 
that the believer lives a set-apart life distinct from the world. This is what God desires for every single believer, is that we live as being distinct from the world. In fact, that's why we're called saints, uh, set-apart ones, as being distinct from the world. Uh, number two, acting in opposition to the will of God is sin. Thank you. Sin. 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 Oh. Sin. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to say that. That's not the answer. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, I think we all did that. Yeah. What would you find? Oh, you <laughs> James chapter 4. So, uh, yeah, if you, if you do something, he who knows to do the, uh, that, um, the good, actually, I say that, but in the context, he's talking about the will of God, and does not, to him it's sin. So here you know, say, for example, to um, go to a certain place that God told you to go and talk to a certain person. You say, no, I'm going to do something else at the point that you did that other thing. At that point, you sinned. And so... God has a particular will, and this is really gets to the meat of how important it is and why that God has specific things that he wants from believers. There are uh, some specific things, and it's different from believer to believer, so you can't emulate what another believer is doing because God's will for your life might be different from God's will for somebody else's life. Um, in fact, what a good example would be is that, I mean, we can't Florida, it wasn't my business will for uh, God to come to Florida, but we did. So God has a specific will for your life, your specific life. And uh, acting in opposition, uh, oh, excuse me, number three, uh, the father declared blank, the blank concerning men's rebellion against his son. Yeah, it's out of, uh, where can you find that? Psalms 2. <laughs> the heathen, heathen rage and the uh, Gentiles imagine, uh, the, and the, the people imagine a vain thing. I would de declare the decree, uh, yet I have set my, holy, my son upon the holy hill of Zion. And so even though they tried to crucify Christ during his earthly ministry, because it said in the decree that he was going to reign on a king, at a kingdom, he's going to reign, and nobody's going to stop it. And so the only thing that happened there was the actual and the potential. He potentially could have reigned doing uh, his earthly ministry. It had to be a legitimate offer that he offered to them, or it would not have been true. So he offered them a legitimate kingdom, and if they had accepted it, the kingdom would have been set up there. Actually, what would happen in time would have been different. The church would have come at a different point in time. The rapture would have come at a different point in time. It would have all been different. Uh, and so, uh, decree, um, and you see that back in, seven, in Psalms 2 7, you'll see it. All three persons of the Godhead had blank concerning the events of time. A desirous will. Yeah, jokes. A desirous will. Uh, number five, God desired everything that he blanked in the decree. He determined. So there's nothing um, <clears throat> that was determined that did not start with God's desire. Right? So he desired everything that he determined. And on the other side of that, 
Verse 6, God did not blank everything that he desired in the decree. He didn't determine everything that he desired. So, for example, good example, he desired all men to be saved. But we know all men are not going to be saved. If he had determined that all men would be saved, all men would be saved. So he desired that all men be saved, and he desires that all men be saved, but he didn't determine that all men would be saved. Uh, number seven, God's counsel is described in Scripture as immutable. No one's going to be able to change it or to make it anything other than what it is. Number eight, the Pharisees blanked the will of God for themselves. They, they were in opposition to it. Number nine, believers can have blank in asking according to God's will. I just keep coming back to the scripture because it's just an amazing thing to me that the believer, that word for confidence is the word parousia, and it's boldness. When you believe that you are discerning God's will for your life, circumstances are the thing that, that you need to it says that you can have confidence to go to him and ask him concerning this very thing. It's just an amazing thing. That the believer, and most believers, I guess it's because we're so busy doing our own will, we don't even pay any attention to that. Number 10, suffering for doing good puts, blank, uh, puts to blank the ignorance of foolish men. Yeah, it puts to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Number 11, giving blank in everything is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Giving thanks. That's an easy one. Number 12, God is blank uh, all things according to his will. He's energizing all things, yeah. And so anything that is, is pursuant to God's will, he's, he's, he's providing, we'll see, the operating power for these things to occur. So that the things that he wants from you and me, he's the one that's providing the operating power for us to not only desire to do it. So he's the one that actually puts the desire in us to do it. And not only does he put the desire in us to do it, he is also energizing in us to actually get it done. So again, why do we fret about anything? He's the one that provides the operating power for us to desire to do it and to actually get it done. You see that in Philippians chapter 2. Blank was necessary for the believers in Hebrews to receive the promise. Patience. And so we see that after they had done the will of God that they needed patience. Believers are delivered from blank according to the will of God. The evil age. So when God rescued believers out from the present evil age, where you know you look at the evil age and, and is really blinding the unsaved man, and he's causing them to see things totally the opposite of the way they really are. And so you, you, we look at it from one point of view, and we can't understand because we think it's just logic. It gets beyond logic. There is this blindness that people cannot see because Satan is blinding their minds. Blank, the will of God, was necessary to enter into the kingdom from the heavens. 
doing. And this is an interesting thing, and you see that there's some different things happening in the Gospels in that he says the one doing, only if you were doing the will of God that you would be able to enter into the kingdom from the heavens. Okay, so I put your name on your papers, and you can pass them up here. And we'll pass them back out to you at the end of the... Uh, <laughs> At the end of the class, so you can see how you did. Yeah, I'm sure that all of you guys did so well. Do we even have to go forward with this class? <laughs> what? Okay, you can actually hold your papers. Hold your papers. There's going to be a riot here. <laughs> sure, I trust you. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's really good. Okay, so that, <laughs> that brings us to our syllabus. Uh, and so uh, this class is the will of God. There's my information. And really, you can text me or email me at any time. And so this course description is the will of God. Knowing the, uh, and living the will of God is the key to the believer's life upon the earth. A central part of the will of God is the believer's spiritual gift. So this class focuses upon the believer gaining a spiritual understanding of the will of God, its origin, its purpose, and its significance to the believer's life. And so just think about it. What else do you, are you involved in? in the world? Sometimes the church is probably the only place where there's an expectation that you go there and you don't really have to know what it's about. You just go there and everybody just wanders aimlessly for years without any point to it. And so here you understand that God, there's a point to what God is doing. And he wants us to know what that is. He has revealed it. He wants us to know. And us knowing that affects how we live. It affects how we see this life. See, no matter what I see happening in the world, I keep coming to an end point. And I keep understanding, oh, you got the decree there. And it makes everything make sense. I mean, and so you understand that God's got a plan and that that plan is unfolding. And we'll see that it encompasses a lot of things. So the course objective uh, is upon the completion of this course. Hopefully you'll be able to dis demonstrate an understanding of the origin of God's will and to explore its implications for believers in the dispensation of grace and describe the problems of an absence of the knowledge of God's will. And I really think that what's happening in, in a lot of places with believers is they have no clue to, of what God is doing. I remember when I was a kid and I um, was uh, growing up in church and I used to think as I looked at the world, now I'm trying to figure this out. Now, if there's a God, why is there so much confusion going on in the world? And it always seemed to me like that we're on a plane and somebody's, nobody's flying the plane. And the plane is just doing loop-de-loops, right? And you keep thinking in your mind, this is going to crash. <laughs> and who's, who's flying this thing? Well, you find out in Scripture, God's flying it. And, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, some say, right? Uh, and so... And that makes a big difference when you understand it. I mean, it, and when you... I think that every believer... When you understand it to its core, it's a comforting thing because no matter how much your mind will go out as you see the things happening in the world, it's limited in understanding that God's in control of it all. That there's not anything that is happening that God's not in control over. Not one single solitary thing is happening in this world, even to this day, 
that God's not in control of. Proper interpretation. Um, the faculty members of Grace Bible Institute are dedicated to proper hermeneutic and teaching the curriculum of the Institute. A proper hermeneutic includes a literal, critical, historical interpretation of Scripture. A literal interpretation of Scripture coupled with a proper application provides a understanding of the Word of God. And so it's no mystery as to how we reach conclusions. It's just letting the Bible say what it says and applying it to the people it belongs to. If you do that, the Bible will make more sense than it's ever made. And that's what we try to do on a consistent basis. <laughs> Required text. I'll give you your book next week, The Will of God and the Grace Believer. And what we want to do is have three different exams. So the one was the pretest to see what you knew, to test your knowledge. The midterm hopefully will test your knowledge up to that point. Hopefully you will have you know, picked up some more things or added to what you already knew. And then the post-test which is uh, for the purpose of understanding the knowledge that you gain throughout the course of the class. And so as with everything, if you are able to be here consistently, it really helps. Uh, contributions, if you feel led, the boxes is by the women's restroom. If you want to contribute, you can uh, put it, your contribution in there. Uh, the course schedule, uh, hopefully we can um, try to stay to this. I say that all the time, but I do think that I want to try to stay to this schedule because I want to get through all of this information because it's so important. And so you have the pretest and the introduction. Next week we're, we're starting um, dealing with important terms that are uh, involved in the will of God. We'll look at the decree. And I just think the decree is really one of the most important things here. So here I try to give you a kind of a capitalization of the decree, and it's hard to do it because there's so much involved in it. But here are some of the things. So here, here you had <clears throat> God made these these. Um, some of these determinations in time past, and it involves all of this, these things that would happen in time. And so you have the schedule of events of the times and the seasons, the times of the scheduled events that he has to occur, the seasons of the proper occasions to occur. The son's involvement was talked about in the decree concerning him coming and being incarnate and all, the fall of Satan and angels, the allowance and the origination of evil and sin, the rescue of God's people from floods and Sodom and Gomorrah, the rapture, the second coming, all of this was all talked about in eternity past. Uh, dispensations, innocence, conscience, and how God was using revelation in these dispensations to show men something about himself, salvation, judgments, and other events. And, and here's the thing that you see with all of those, uh, there's actual and potential, and there's fluidity in the decree, and God allows for the fact that he can offer a kingdom to Israel and allow for the fact that they might reject it, and as they did. But it doesn't get rid of the kingdom, he just postponed it to a different time. So you have the actual and the potential and the decree, and it's just an amazing thing to see when you see that God accounted for everything. There's nothing that has not been accounted for. And so then you have um, character, the characteristics of God's decree, the energizing of, God, of the decree, the opposition to the will of God, God allows opposition to his will. Now, that's something you and I wouldn't do. Um, probably if you were running a business, you would not allow your employees to tell you, I don't think you're doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> you should do it this way. Why are you doing it this way, right? Yeah, you might allow for it a few times. <laughs> what? Isn't that what the FSA is? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a guided thing. 
<laughs> we're talking about just uh, impromptu <laughs> remarks. And so, um, so the opposition, he allows opposition to his will. He allows the men to be in opposition. He allows Satan is in opposition to his will. He allows us at times to be in opposition to his will. So he has this desirous will for us, but not every believer is doing what he desires. Well, what would you do? Would you zap him? <laughs> Somebody said yes. <laughs> I mean, God doesn't. <laughs> yeah, as Courtney says, El Zappo. <laughs> and so that's the thing that you see when you look at that, that God allows opposition to his will. It is the most amazing thing. Because we, as human beings, wouldn't do that. We probably would not do that. <laughs> Revelation of the will of God, and we did it through ages and dispensations. Involved in the will of God, uh, hindrances to doing the will of God, and then actually doing the will of God will be the last thing that we look at, and then we'll have a post-test. So, uh, anybody have questions at this point? Yes, Jill. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I, I interchange those because the decree is just the outworking of what God desires. Uh, but I guess you could be more specific and say God's will because it really comes down to what he wants for me in this life. But overall, I mean, I, I think an overall view of God's will is really important, uh, particularly at any interval of time that you're at, to be able to see that God's in control. I mean, I just think that that's huge. And when you don't see it, when you don't believe God is in control, um, I, I think you can succumb to things that you would not otherwise succumb to. I mean, I, I, I often, particularly in this, uh, life, you have to just continue to direct your mind back to the fact that God's in control. The events going on today, and, and I talk to some people about it, and it's always interesting to me is, is Satan bumping up against God's decree? That's what I think when I look at it. And I think Satan is trying to do something, and he's advancing and trying to advance his plan. And at some point, you ask yourself, is he bumping up against the decree, or is this actually going to be the time for the rapture? Right. So I just kind of, you know, like to play those scenarios through in my mind and you have a template to play it by. See? Something that's absolutely true. And those things are true of actually what's going on in the world. As we have this thing that's going on and God has his plan and Satan's trying to And a lot of the, the conditions and the things that are going on are pursuing all of that. 